0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com. About one in 12 children in the U.S. will experience the death of a parent or sibling before they turn 18. This number more than doubles by the time a young person reaches the age of 25, according to a 2023 report by the nonprofit Judy's House in partnership with the New York Life Foundation. Zoom in on this report, and these numbers are staggering in certain states. In West Virginia and New Mexico, one in eight children will lose a parent or sibling before they're 18. In Ohio, Missouri, Indiana, and South Carolina, this number is one in 10, This permanent loss, whether it's a loved one or close friend, is crippling at any age, but can be especially damaging to a child in the long term if it's pushed aside or
1: mismanaged. Kids can be really angry, so can adults, to be honest, and they can be hyperactive or they appear like everything is fine. And so we think, you know, I don't really think this is affecting them. And one of the big differences, I think, with child grief and adult grief is Developmentally, how it impacts them as far as object permanency, you know, like people are here and then they disappear. So what does that mean? And they may not, depending on their age, have a full understanding of death and how it's permanent, especially in our world where you have like nine lives on a video game and the cartoons pop back up. And so there's this idea that death is not permanent. And so that can be difficult. And then also I think there's this appropriately self-focused attitude with children that is appropriate developmentally. But when it comes to grief, then it's their fault. And they'll find a way how that death was their fault. And they can really internalize that if it's not processed.
0: That's Natasha Daniels, a child therapist specializing in anxiety and OCD. She's also the author of The Grief Rock, a book to understand grief and love. Daniels knows this feeling of grief firsthand, not just through her work, but from dealing with an unexpected loss in her
1: life. My husband was a healthy 42-year-old. He got injured at work and had to have Achilles tendon surgery, very minor outpatient, and he was just recovering at home a few days later and went to bed and never woke up and died of a blood clot, we found out later. So I, at the time, this was about three years ago at this point, and my kids were 9, 11, and 18. So to have that sudden death, Death is hard no matter what. But I think the suddenness of not having the ability to process a loss or see it coming was even harder to handle.
0: We all know that grief is never easy. She adds that every person's experience is unique and can present in different ways in different people. Oftentimes, out-of-character behavior can be a larger indicator that something is off.
1: My nine-year-old, she's not nine now, she's 12, but you know, she's like very expressive. She is a very expressive child. And she was very expressive in her grief, you know, sobbing on the floor, like very physically exhaustive for my grief, you know, that she was very like outward. My son very much aligned with his personality was everything was fine. There's not a problem. He wasn't an issue. He was hyperactive, which any normally isn't. And so I was kind of like, what is going on with him? I think he didn't know what to do with all this energy, all this, like the sadness in the house.
0: Compare this to Daniel's eldest daughter, who was 18 at the time and about to go off to college. After the death, her daughter swooped into action mode and began taking care of the family and house, hoping to ease the burden. I had to
1: really put her back in line and say, you're still a teenager. Go out with your friends. You're going to college. Like, this is not your burden. Let's process this. You have had a loss, too. Let's talk about this.
0: In these moments, being a therapist really helped Daniels guide her own children and herself through this period. But for most people out there who are unsure of where to start, she recommends making a list of local grief support groups and therapists. Also, getting contact with your child's school counselor, so they're up to
1: speed. I'm a doer, so I was like, let's check those boxes. And I do feel like giving your kids an opportunity to say, like, these are all the tools and resources we have for you. And then honoring what resonates with them. And so I was very fortunate to find Billy's Place, which is a grief support group in Phoenix, Arizona, that deals with like immediate loss, like a parent or a sibling. And I said to my kids, just try it three times. And actually Billy's Place was like that too. They're like, just give it, you know, we ask that you try three times. And I appreciate that because I would do that in my therapy too. I'd say, Hey, and I don't want to come to therapy, but give me, you know, three sessions. And if you still feel that way, I'll hundred percent honor that. And so Two out of my three kids decided that the support groups weren't for them. And my youngest, she was there for like over a year.
0: And everyone's journey looks a little different. In children, it's possible for signs of grief to be delayed by months or even years. Factors like age, personality, and
1: development can all play a role. You never know when a child will need some more professional or peer support, because I think that's the other difference with adults versus kids is their grief doesn't end in the way that ours evolves. I feel like I've had to learn how to carry my grief. You know, three years later, I'm like, I have this relationship with grief and I realize that sometimes it's gonna knock me over. I realize it's never gonna go away. Like I have this like understanding. And with kids, they hit a different developmental stage or they have like, now their brain is firing at a different level and they have a new awareness or they have a memory that at this stage of life, they can reflect differently on it or something triggers them, and they process that grief all over again. And so sometimes when they're little, they don't process grief until they're five years later, when they can really, like, experience that loss. And as parents, we might be like, what? Why are you having a hard time now? It's been so long. Daniels believes there's no
0: time limit on grief. It's okay to sit in it without rushing yourself along. For her, the physical symptoms were debilitating, but eventually improved over time. For years, she struggled with chest pain, fatigue, sleeplessness, and felt like she was in a fog. Now, three years later, she's still
1: grieving, but in a different way. For me, and this is going to probably sound really weird, but it actually feels really good when I crumble three years out because it reminds me that my love is still there. Like I can sob really deeply still three years later. That like actually feels really therapeutic to me, and that's my new relationship with grief. And I think kids have the same dynamic going on. Last but not least, grief isn't limited to loss
0: of life. It's normal for kids or adults to experience variations of grief from all kinds of triggers. A young person can grieve the end of a life chapter, like a graduation from high school or college. Similarly, a child who's recently moved can grieve the familiarity of their old school, home, and friends. Daniels offers these words of advice.
1: A lot of times we want to swoop in and fix it. You know, we want to make it better. And really the biggest gift we can give our kids is validation that it hurts and that there is a time for grieving, you know, grieving a friendship, grieving a new teacher and an old teacher leaving or grieving the change that sometimes I think it's just our intuition to go in there and cheerlead and be like, but look at this other thing that's happening. It's going to be so great. And It is helpful to sit in the discomfort with your child and say, I'm sorry, I know this is hard and I know it is sad. And how can we honor this? Can we write a letter to the teacher? Can we write a letter to your friend that left? Or is there an action that we can do that can be somewhat healing?
0: It's important to remember that grief is a universally shared
1: experience. We all
0: go through its ups and downs at different points in life. To find links to grief resources and to learn more about our guest, Natasha Daniels, head to viewpointsradio.org. Also, check out her book, The Grief Rock, now available online and in select bookstores. To support our show, follow us at Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, Facebook, and X. This story was written by our executive producer, Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. This segment is brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights when you book through Capital One Travel, plus 2x miles on all other purchases. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Coming up next week. When I look at intelligent systems on machines, The consciousness is already kind of there. Are artificial intelligence systems already conscious? Experts can't seem to agree. Then... i have done a painting of bin Laden when he was captured and killed, and that was a big cover. Speaking with the man behind some of the most prominent illustrations of our time. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.